I'm going to ask if everybody would move uh, together since everybody's all spread out and there's, I think we could maybe fit. Can I ask you to do that on the sides? But because I am, thank you. I can get away with it. This sounds so loud. Is it okay? Okay. So I'm usually in like really fast and do things fast and I'm going to try to slow down, slow and take my time and... I don't have to hurry to get all this arranged. Okay, so here we are. <laughs> Glad that all of you are here, especially these two over here that I haven't seen in a while. Um, great to see you. So Thanksgiving is coming. So it's a time of thanks and gratitude. And Nate um, went off for a minute. The songs he picked for worship were just incredible about being thankful and having gratitude. Um, so Scott asked me um, this past week if I would be willing to talk about gratitude um, with everyone. Um, and the reason is because at work, I've been doing a life skills class on happiness. It's on the science of happiness. And so I share with Scott different things from um, the material that I'm using. And one of those had to do with gratitude. And so just after sharing, he said, well, would you want to share about that? on Sunday morning. I said, sure. Um, the material I use, some of you will know, is um, written by Sean Acor called The Happiness Advantage. And then there's another one. Um, I can't remember the name of it right now. Um, on happiness. And Sean's sister, Amy, and husband, Bobo, and family used to come to church here. They lived in San Antonio. They had a home group. And out of that home group grew what is now Mission Vineyard in San Antonio. And so Amy and Bobo and their family and Sean... The brother, uh, he moved to be close to his family, and so he came to the home group, he eventually married, and he wrote these books. And he was a Harvard professor, he taught a class on happiness, and it was the most attended class at Harvard at the time. And so um, I really, really trust his research and the material that he um, provides, and um, so it's really fun to know him as a friend. And he mentions his sister, his family, you know, in his books sometimes. So that's really fun. Um, so it's really kind of the science of happiness. And so just kind of bear with me. It'll, everything will go together as we go through. Um, part of the research that he um, did and others on happiness shows that if you develop the habit of writing down every day for 21 days consecutively three new things, not thankful for my family and for my health and for my house, but three new things every day, 21 days, that you're grateful for. Even uh, to tell someone or say it out loud just to yourself or to write it down. After those 21 days, new pathways are created in your brain. And I just think this is so fascinating. And it boosts our learning and being productive, um, happiness, performance, uh, fulfillment. The negative effects of stress are reduced by 23%. So that's 21 days consecutively, three things we're grateful for. That's pretty simple, right? Oh, my goodness. Um, we end up with a more positive and optimistic mindset because things happen in the brain. They take pictures before and after. And he has a lot of other things. One is like smiling at three people each day, just a smile, that's all. Uh, giving a compliment to three people. Um, one random act of kindness. Over 21 days consecutively, changes happen in our brain. 
So I just, I just really think that's fascinating. Um, I kind of like proof. And so <laughs> when things are proved and with experiments, it's like I just think that's really amazing. Um, so therefore, the reason Scott said, how about if you talk about gratitude? Because I've been, it's like five weeks now that we're on this class teaching it. So I said, sure. So guess what? I found in Colossians, I found two verses that uh, talk about gratitude. So that's really fun, right? Um, Colossians 3.15 says to cultivate thankfulness. And Colossians 4.2 says, stay alert with your eyes wide open in gratitude. And I like tweaks that a little to add, to, to have your eyes wide open to look for things to be grateful for. And this isn't to deny or minimize, you know, the hard things and, and horrific things of life. It's not to minimize those. It's to just to add to. And over time, we begin to see and pick up on the good and the positive and the things to be grateful for. Um, I've experienced it. So it's just, it's really interesting because of what happens in your brain. Um, of course, we all know about, um, well, maybe not, not all do. Um, but in First Thessalonians uh, 5.18, it says, it's where it says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and give thanks in all circumstances. Like, how in the world do you give thanks in so many things that happen in our world and in our personal life? How do we do that? Uh, so that's what we're going to talk about. I like the word cultivate, and we all know about cultivating um, as a farmer and as a gardener, you know, at home where there's a small garden or a farm and the crops. And, you know, I looked up the word. It's preparing the soil to begin to plant. Um, and then in the other sense, it means to apply oneself to acquiring, improving, or developing a skill, a certain quality. And so that applies in developing gratitude and an attitude of being grateful. Being thankful in all circumstances, of course, we know, doesn't come without a lot of hard work, just like planting a field. Has a, there's a lot of hard work in that, right? Um, there's the drought or there's the flood. Um, there's the bugs. There's so many things, and it's the same. I like that analogy because in life, there's so many things that come along. But Jesus says, cultivate thankfulness. Give thanks in all circumstances. Um, think of Paul and Silas. They've been beaten and they're in prison, and they're shackled, and they're singing hymns. That, to me, is being thankful in all circumstances, cultivating gratitude. Um, so, how do we do this? A couple days after Scott asked me that question, I thought, oh, no. I'm going to be sharing about being grateful and being thankful in all circumstances, so something might happen that's going to make that really hard, and I might get a little emotional. Sorry. Um, Everything is fine, but um, to be honest, that really was the last thing that I wanted to do was to prepare a message on gratitude because uh, my daughter Kate's husband was in a car accident, and he's okay. He's recovering, but it was, uh, he rolled over. Um, Kate's greatest fear is because he works in the oil field. He drives at night, late, early in the morning, so he fell asleep. He ran to a guardrail. His truck flipped. He woke up in the hospital, and he didn't remember anything about what happened. So Friday was, you know, a day of being with Kate, being with the children. He was in another city. He, um, his mom brought him back home. And so uh, be thankful in all circumstances and cultivate gratitude. Um, it's not always easy, right? 
Um, and it doesn't mean in the midst of that, oh, what can I find to be thankful for? It's we're thankful he's alive. Um, I mean, literally. Um, and because we've known people who that's happened to and they're not alive today. And so, yeah, but as you can imagine, that's, you know, a terrifying experience. Um, there's a singer, Christian singer, author, Sandy Patty, that you might be familiar with. She may be about my age. And she said, I'm practicing what I want to come naturally to me. I'm purposing to put into practice and then fill in the blank. So whatever she's reading in God's word that she wants to put into practice, I'm purposing to practice this so it becomes natural. So today it would be gratitude, thankfulness. I like the word gratitude. I don't know why more than thankfulness, but it's the same, you know, to me. And so um, I would fill out that blank with I want to purpose to practice gratitude. Um, and I, I hope you think it's okay if I use another book then. <laughs> the Bible because Sean gives it's like it's like science that goes with God's word and I just it's like how do we do this and I think we have to ask the Holy Spirit show us and teach us and how do we do this how do we have faith uh, thankfulness and gratitude in all circumstances and all the things that are happening through life how do, how do we do this and we can think of different people through the Bible and their examples you know I thought of Daniel and the lion's den and the fiery furnace and uh, there's so many people through the Old Testament. Paul is writing this letter while he's in prison. So he, right after this, he talks about, you know, remembering me and praying as I'm in prison. And so he's telling us to do this while he's in prison. Now, in a Bible study at Cindy's, wait, was it Philippians? I can't remember. Whatever book. He's in prison. Like, most of the, the letters that he's writing, he's in prison. Or he's in, I mean, he's in, a, in a house arrest, but... He doesn't have his freedom. He can't come and go. And he's writing about being joyful in all circumstances, counted all joy, you know, all of these things about turning uh, the bad to good and just all the different things he talks about is, it's like, okay, wait a minute. He's in prison and he's writing about this. And so surely I can do this too through the circumstances of my life and ours. And as I look around, you know, I know of things that are happening in your lives. And when we're singing worship songs, and we're, I, I think of those things. And so it has to apply to all of us in the things of life that we go through. There's really, really hard things. And then there's really wonderful things. And it's all, you know, meshed together. Um, but to be thankful in all circumstances and cultivate this, you know, it's just hard. And how do we do it? And so Sean gives help. <laughs> along with Jesus and God's word. Um, and it's just really fun. I hope that you like it too. When you write down a list of three good things that happen every day, your brain will be forced to scan the last 24 hours for potential positives, things to be grateful for, things that brought small or large laughs, feelings of accomplishment, a strengthened connection, a glimmer of hope. In just five minutes a day by doing that, it trains our brain to become more skilled at noticing and focusing on possibilities for personal and professional growth, seizing opportunities to act on. At the same time, because we can only focus on so much at once, our brain pushes out the small annoyances and frustrations that used to loom so large into the background, even out of our visual field entirely. So the more we're focusing on that, the more the others start to go 
farther back into the background. And so it's not just something that we're working hard at to do. It's, it's a practice, just like if we're, you know, practicing for, I don't know, playing pickleball or, you know, <laughs> running, um, rowing, bicycle, whatever it is, piano, whatever we're practicing on, and we get better and better at as our body does. Our brain does the same thing. One study found that participants who wrote down three good things each day for a week were happier and less depressed at the one-month, three-month, and six-month follow-up. More amazing, even after stopping the exercise, they remained significantly happier and showed higher levels of optimism. The better they got at scanning their world for good things to write down, the more good things they saw without even trying wherever they looked. The items that we write down don't need to be profound or complicated, just specific. You can mention the delicious takeout Thai food you had for dinner, your child's bear hug at the end of the day, or the well-deserved acknowledgement from a boss at work. Um, I have a journal that I write in that I have examples of some of the things that I wrote down, um, just to see a little, a few, you know, things for, some of us have a hard time with this and some of us don't. Um... Beth, who lives in our guest house, got engaged recently. And so that being a part of her, um, that happening and gathering to celebrate that, I wrote that down for one day. Um, I had a, have a counselor friend at work who had a baby. I got to go visit her. So visiting her and getting to meet her baby. My son Adam sends group texts to his sisters and his mom and dad. So all of us are sending group texts a lot for a mom. That thrills me that... My three kids as adults and us as mom and dad are on a group text as we're in Montana, Kentucky, and Texas. And so I wrote that down. And pictures, and it's just, it just I can't even describe you know, what that's like as an adult, uh, a mom of adult children. So I wrote that down as something I was grateful for. On a voting day, I wrote down that I had the opportunity to vote something I was grateful for. Um, there was a woman that comes to RCA where I work, and one Tuesday she felt suicidal, and the next Tuesday, totally different. I wrote that down because I was concerned about her, and it was a total tr- turnaround. Um, another day, um, I wrote down in our home group, we had just a really special prayer time, and I wrote that down as something I was grateful for. Um, a, a new counselor intern started at work, And she popped into my mind. I just love her personality. It's just really cute. So I wrote her down as something that I was um, grateful for. Quite a few things as I look over them kind of have to do with um, things at work. Um, I wrote down when I had two grandchildren that were very sick. I wrote down that I was grateful there was doctors that they could go to that could help them get well. Um, An unexpected um, time with a few young folks on a Saturday afternoon. So those are some examples. Sometimes I put a good cup of coffee. Um, But those are examples of things that I wrote down. If you just need a little little jump start in that. Um, So, and just in how to cultivate being thankful and having gratitude and staying alert and watching. And just, it's like, I know things that I read in God's word, it's like, I know they're true. And I want to know how to work those out and live that out. What does it mean right now for me living in New Braunfels, Texas. And so all of this really helps. And at work, I can't give any um, Bible verses because we're a, not a faith-based um, place. I can personally with people that I know, you know, that have a faith, but I can't. And then I get to combine it all. And it's just, it's really, really great. Um, but it takes practice and takes work. 
and um, purposing to look for things that we can be grateful for. Really, really small is can be really, really big. big. So in these circumstances, for me this week, um, you know, it was news of a son-in-law narrowly escaping uh, losing his life in a car accident. Um, it was while comforting and caring for my daughter and grandchildren. And as you think about your own present circumstances, things that maybe have been in the past or that are happening right now, um, you know, be grateful and thankful even in these circumstances. Yeah, yes. The answer is yes, even then. Um, it's uh, not, you know, right in the midst of crisis. It's not a time to, to put this into practice too much. You know, you have to deal with the crisis and all the emotions and all. But um, that happened on Thursday night. We found out about it Friday morning. So that was all Friday. Friday night for me, Saturday morning. Okay, I've got to prepare for this message. And um, I checked to see how everything was going. Things are good. Jared's resting. Um, process of recovering. And I walked to the back of our property to get some things to decorate the tables today. And I smelled a gas smell. It's like, this is really strange. It's like, you know, 50 yards maybe from the house. And so I saw a neighbor when I was putting the things in the car. And I said, did you have you ever smelled gas? Because we smelled it every now and then out in the front. And she said, yes, I've called four different times. So just call. Call the gas company and just report it. And so I did. And so a guy came out. And he was just the nicest guy ever. He just was a really nice guy. And we walked to the back. And, of course, you could, it didn't smell that way anymore. You know, I knew it. I knew it's not going to smell that way. But he'd gotten, there have been five calls in the overall neighborhood where we are. And so he just was really nice. And we talked. We talked about the beautiful day. We walked back in the back. It's really pretty back there. And so that was just a really fun little 10-minute encounter. Then I see, uh, right after I came inside, um, Chuck Hall drove up in his pickup truck, and he was bringing back a crock pot. And we visited for like 10 minutes. And we just had a really meaningful conversation. And, um, and then I talked to my daughter, Megan, for a while on the phone. And then I opened a thank you note from Mary Nell that was in the crockpot. Within a matter of uh, maybe 30 minutes, there were three things right there, and I didn't miss it. Those were three things that I was really grateful for. It was three meaningful conversations in person or from a note of written words. And it jump-started me, and I could do this. And it just... And I think it's because I'm getting practice. And, of course, I'm praying a lot. Like, oh, Lord, help me. Have mercy. (laughs) Help me to be able to deliver a message on being grateful. And it just turned things around. Those were three very small, you know, I could throw Megan, my daughter, so that's the fourth one, in there with that. It was in a short amount of time. It was unexpected. And there we go. It changed my outlook. And I just was so grateful for those three things that happened. It was just really amazing. Um, there is a book, I don't know if any of you have read it, called Man's Search for Meaning. It's by Viktor Frankl. He's a psychoanalyst, psychotherapist, and author. Um, he's passed away now. But he was in uh, the Holocaust. He was in concentration camps. And, you know, horrific. Uh, the most horrific. And he found a way to survive by finding a meaning for life. And he wrote about one man who would get, you know, the tiniest little bit of bread each day. And he would take the bread and divide it into little pieces to have throughout the day. Which it probably, you know, they just, you would just 
cram it in because it wouldn't be very much and you're starving. But in a place where you have very little control over anything, he found something that he could have control over and um, that gave him meaning and a reason to keep living, and he survived. And for um, Viktor Frankl, he thought about his wife. His whole family died in the concentration camps, except I think one sister. They said it wouldn't really have mattered, so he didn't know if his wife was there alive or not. But he thought about her. He like even had conversations with her in his mind. Um, I brought, brought some things that I was checking on time that he wrote. I think that's probably a little too, too long. Um, but this one little part says, even in the degradation and abject misery of a concentration camp, Frankel was able to exercise the most important freedom of all, the freedom to determine one's own attitude and spiritual well-being. No Nazi SS guard was able to take that away from him or control the inner life of Frankel's soul. One of the ways he found the strength to fight to stay alive and not lose hope was to think of his wife. He saw that it was those who had nothing to live for who didn't survive in the concentration camp. And so it's um, you know, a little different in that in science sometimes, I know for me, all of the things mostly that have happened that have been difficult circumstances, traumatic in my life, I have had no control over. It's always been something that I don't have any control over. And so in the midst of those, if I can find something that I do have control over, and one of those is my attitude and the way that I look at everything, which has changed over time after going through those. Um, but if, and so for people that I work with that you know, are, suffer from depression and anxiety and PTSD, bipolar, schizophrenia, um, there's so many things that they don't have control over in their life. But so to help them find things that they do have control over is huge. And to be then grateful for those things. Um, some people, as we care for older uh, moms and dads, um, like we don't have control over, in a sense, you know, that's our responsibility. We want to, but it's difficult. And so in the midst of that, finding things to be grateful for can change how we go through that. I'm just thinking of people's lives and things that all of you have of how to go through those things to not and not to deny or minimize at all the things that are difficult. But how can we begin to see even those things that are positive? And I mean, this is full of all of those things that people saw in the midst of um, really difficult situations. Jesus himself is probably the, you know, finest example of that and it really did it changes things in our brain and it can change our attitude and it it changed my day yesterday and it was really amazing it's hard to even put words on what took place inside of me um so a life shaped by god this week would be a life shaped by gratitude and cultivating gratitude and just being alert and really just by writing three things down or saying them out loud it really, it just can make a big difference. And so it might sound kind of silly, but that's, that's a way to, to do it. How, how do we do this? Um, and that's a way, is by um, just coming up with those three new things. It's new. So by the end of that, those 21 days, what's that, 63? <laughs> things that are, that are all, they're all different. You know, so it, it's really amazing. So... Are you ready to practice a little? 
we have enough time? Um, so, either we can get in groups to do that, or you can just, we can just say them out. What would you rather do? Say them out loud or get, get together? Popcorn, how does that work? Oh, we don't, I don't want to make people stand up, because I don't I like when I have to. <laughs> Somebody makes me stand up. <laughs> Shout it out, yeah. Okay. And since I know you, I might can even say your name. <laughs> so what is something? Not my family, my, you know. We're nice and warm in here. That's, you know. I'm thankful for having a heater or having an air conditioner. Because I know a lot of people that don't. In other places in the world, right? Thank so, still legal to come to church. Yes. Somebody sent me an article about uh, Bulgaria. And it's about Bulgaria and some crackdowns on that kind of thing. Yeah, we have the freedom to come here and do this. Yeah, it's something to be grateful for. And then when we think of that, then we can like really spend some time thinking about it for a while. So, you know, so that it's, it sinks in a little deeper. There are people that, yeah, have to do that in secret. And we have the freedom. Yeah? I'm grateful that I get to share Jesus with my students at the university because we're so safe. Wow. Right. That's great. Thanks, Sylvia. Have the fr- those are their freedoms, right? Freedoms. The week off, a whole week? Yeah, the whole week. Yay. A really needed time the whole week. Yeah. Great. And then you might just see it a little different of like, whoa, yeah, I'm really grateful for that instead of just, oh, gosh, I got the week off. Yay. It's like, wow, I have the whole week off. It's like a gift, and it becomes a gift. Being able to come here is a gift. Being able to share with students is a gift. Does it see the, the little change in how we think about it? Yes, the one to come. Yeah. And open more than that, but the one that Right, yes. You know for sure it's coming. Yes. We all don't get to have those yet, and some of us long for them. Yeah, so again, something to be grateful for. So, does this make sense? Can you see how it could work to just tweak things a little bit? And it really does make a difference. It did for me. Uh, because I've been doing this since November 5th, since I'm teaching the class. And I don't actually do it every day to actually write it down. Um, I think of it, but I need to write it down or um, tell someone every day or just say it out loud. And there's lots of other um, things that are really helpful, like the ones that I'm in. They're really easy. And I think it all is a part of cultivating to help grow that feeling and thought of being grateful. And it's something that... Jesus tells us to do and to be um, thankful in all circumstances. Like, I was saying, how in the world do you do that? Now, even singing that song about all I want is to know you. Every time I sing that, it's like, well, Lord, help me to get to that place to where that is all I want. All I want is to know you. Because I can't say, that's not all I want. There's a lot of there's things I want for my family. and so. But this time, it's like to be able to go through all the different things that happen in life and relating with different people and just all it's like it really is all I want is to know you so I can know how to do all this (laughs) so I want to know you so I can go through a day that I get that kind of a call from my daughter 
And I've, it's, they, they come periodically, you know, and they will, and they will continue to. And so I want to know him better and better and better. I want all of us to know him better and better. So we know how to deal with these things that come and that we find ourselves in that we don't have any control over. And here we are. And how do we do this? Because I want to do it well. And I remember somebody talked about, maybe it was Becca, really that the younger generation needs the older generation to be showing how you do this and showing how you are grateful and um, you're okay when things go bad and that you're going to make it and that that's needed. That really hit me. Um, not as a still, we want to be real and, you know, as we're going through things that we can be real and this is terrible and awful and I can't do it. <laughs> and I need you to help me to be able to do it. But at the same time, to learn through the, through the years how to be grateful and to be thankful in all circumstances. And I once could have said, that's impossible. How <laughs> do you do that? <laughs> but now I know that it is. And so I hope that it can help just to have that little idea of things to be grateful for. And through research and experiments, it's proven that things change in our brains and they're rewired. It's like even, you know, adverse things that happen in um, childhood and, and our brains get wired in the wrong ways and then they can be, be recircuited in new pathways. And I just think that's just really marvelous. And it's a, it's a way of redemption and transformation. I think it just all goes together of how that, that it really can happen physically. And it's just amazing that God does that. It's like he can't, um, oh, he can't, he can, but he doesn't keep the bad things from happening. But he really does turn them into something good. Um, I got a message from my friend in Rwanda, Christine, this morning in response to what I told. She prays like nobody's business. So when anything happens, she's the first person that I tell. And the last line she said, said was, she said these things about our family and then the enemy's plans failed. And I just, it was like, whoa. And I just kept saying it over and reading it over. The enemy's plans for Jared and Kate's life failed. And I thought of all my kids, and all my kids and our life, his plans have failed over and over and over. And they will fail in your life, and they have. And I've always thought about in praying, I pray for my children, my grandchildren, and you, and others that are like children to me every day by name for protection from harm, and I'll list all kinds of different harms from, you know, like major illness um, and those kinds of things, and about temptation and escaping temptation. And I went, what if I didn't? What would happen if I didn't? Or when things bad do happen, and I'll, I'll have trouble with that, and I'll talk to Scott about that. He said, well, just think what could, my, could have happened if you hadn't prayed. It's like, well, I don't know. But when she wrote that, the enemy's plans failed. It's like, that's why I pray. Because even though those things are going to happen to us, in praying for the protection and to escape from temptation, don't fall into that. The enemy's plans will fail. They will not succeed. And his plans failed with Jesus. Death is not, gonna, it's not the final answer. And so I just really, it was like a revelation to me. 
And this other thing she said about God's power, his authority, his victory, his faithfulness, his protection, his provision. And it's like, you've got it. And, but the enemy is going to try, and he has, for all these <laughs> through the years. But it, he can't succeed. And so there's another gratitude, you know, for this friend that prays diligently and has such strong faith and belief and conviction. And so um, maybe that could be something big for you too because I just, I, it really hit me about his enemies, his, uh, the enemy's plans. Like he had plans to destroy them. And, you know, he said, I'm, I don't want to be a widow with four children. And that didn't happen. And so that's a cause for great rejoicing and gratitude. So file that away for uh, things that are difficult that you're go- growing, going through. That they haven't gotten to the end yet, but his plans can't succeed. God says he will accomplish what concerns us. Amen. So <laughs> I didn't know I could just keep talking and talking and talking. Um, I will pray for us, and if, you know, it's hard to be grateful and it's hard to be thankful for you right now, then, you know, let me or someone pray for you, because sometimes we can't. I know in th- times I've been through, I haven't been able to even pray, but I know everyone else is praying for me. And so there's times when we can't. So we need each other and to pray for each other. Um, so I will pray about that, but I, um, and then... We are going to have our long table, and I don't know if any of you um, women know about Ann Voskamp. She's someone who writes and um, speaks, and I follow her blog. And she wrote something about um, holy places and tables, and so I wanted to read it before we have our meal. And then I'll pray about gratitude and all these good things. Okay, she says, make homes into holy places and make holy places into welcoming homes. Make tables into altars, and make altars into tables. Because he who is our bread invites us all to be a celebrating, banqueting people who make space at tables, break bread at tables, recognize him at tables, feast till the very end of time at tables, and invite more to the table. Lay out the welcome mat, set the tables, make the tables long, so more know they belong. Tear down the gates. And lay out more plates. <laughs> okay, let's pray. Father, we're so grateful today for your word, your promises, for your life, that you came to show us yourself, that you came to give your life for us, that you have given your Holy Spirit to help us do what we cannot do on our own. So we ask you, Holy Spirit, to um, create and to cultivate in us, and to give us eyes to see gratitude in the midst of brokenness, in the midst of sorrow and pain and disappointment and discouragement and things not going the way that we had planned um, for lost dreams, for sick children, for lost loved ones, um, for difficult jobs, for um, adult children that aren't walking with you, for caring for um, elderly parents, for all the pieces of life. Um, Lord, you're right in the midst of them. You're walking with us. Come really, really close. You promise as we draw near to you that you draw near to us. So we come close so that you'll be so, so, so close to us. 
help us to um, even take the time and be intentional to look for those things that we can be thankful for and grateful for in the midst, as Paul and Silas sang, um, with their wounds bleeding and open and their feet shackled and chained. They sang hymns. We want to be able to do that too, Lord. Um, So take your words and even the research um, done by Sean on gratitude and what it can do in our brains to rewire them, Lord. And um, just let our life be shaped by you and shaped by gratitude. And as we sit at this table and share a meal, Lord, bless um, the food that we eat and the conversations we have as we are grateful for many, many, many things, but most of all for your deep, deep, deep love for us, for those that we know that um, have walked away from your love, from those that you are chasing down with your love that don't even know about you yet. We are grateful, Lord, um, and we want to be even more so. Thank you for our time together and um, that you will remain with us as we walk out that door. Use us, Lord, um, to shine your light into the world around us wherever we may go during the week. In your name, amen. Thank you all so much.